For those who are joining us for this special service, we as a church have been working our way through the book of Matthew and uh, trying to work out what does it mean for Jesus actually to be in charge is part of the the question that's driving us. Uh, And on this special service, what I'm interested to do is to work out what can we learn from one of the most awkward stories in the Bible and what does that, how does that relate to the Lena Valley story? Before we get started, let's point out that Lena Valley Baptist Church was... We, we wouldn't have had Lena Valley Baptist Church had we, did, had we not had Red, Reverend Edward Roberts Thompson. He saw that at the end of the tram line here at Lena Valley, there was a a suburb of young families going and they needed a church. And so he started picking a bunch of people and saying, I want you to go and start doing work with, not, not with people who are regular church attenders, but Lena Valley Church started with a focus on the next generation. It started with a focus on kids. And I, I love the fact here at the 75th anniversary, it's a bit hard to hear because there's noise of kids out the back. Because this, that's, that's who Lena Valley is. It's a, it's a place that started with a focus on kids, one of whom just cut a cake uh, on our behalf. And, and whenever Lena Valley Church has been at its best, it's had a focus beyond itself. Whenever Lena Valley Church has been on its best, it's, it's had a focus beyond itself. Now, all, like all churches, there have been times where we have been moving forward and focusing beyond ourselves and, and times where we've thought too small. And as I read the history and as I walk into the back hall there, I'm fascinated by that back hall. It is the most unique building I have come across in Tasmania but I actually I I find it interesting that we're meeting and it's beautifully and thoughtfully architecturally designed like everything the pews and the lectern and the seats were all designed by the architect the only problem with it was it was too small it was way too small and the architect would probably be rolling in his grave I don't know that he's dead but he probably is Uh, (laughs) If he came in and saw us meeting in this big box. But what I love is the box is more functional. Like the, the back hall is more beautiful. But part of, the, the, what, part of what that tells me is we always need to be thinking, not focused on what's in front of us, but to think, okay, what, what's the future going to be? And uh, I love that at several times through the history of this church, they bet their future for the sake of the future. Uh, at one time, they don't know if you realise, they sold the church manse to employ a pastor full-time for three years in the hope that the church would grow to a point where they could cope. And the boom boom is something you can read about in the book as the church moved, I believe, from 30 or 40 people to like 120 people in three years. There's another time where uh, a man sitting up the back here, uh, the longest serving pastor here at Lena Valley, Pastor Paul Kerrison, said, I, I think we need to think bigger. And 
he, he went and began talking with John Smith at the Eastern Shore Baptist Church. And he got to a point where he felt like God was calling him over there. And he tells me that in the back room here, he sat down with Pete and Morris and said, I feel like God's calling me to go over there. And Pete and Morris said, well, I, I feel like God might be telling us to join them too. And, and we need to see the city and not just Lena Valley. We need a bigger vision. And that John, John Smith, Pastor John Smith, it was him that would go, I love that it, Morris heard about the Nepalese meeting uh, in, in, and Pastor Paul meeting in their garage. And as they related to John Smith, uh, Paul will share more of the story after lunch about how the church welcomed them in and started doing joint services because the church saw that it needed to think bigger and it needed to welcome people who were different. And, and I, I don't know how to tell you this, but the partnership that was established from, with the Hobart Nepali Church, there's nothing like it in Australia, where a Nepali church and an English-speaking church are working as close together uh, in, a, in where they are part of our leadership and we're part of their leadership. It's unique because of the heart of this church. There's so much more we could talk about, about how this church returned to their roots and partnered with the RSL. And, and as part of that, uh, we run the Anzac Day in the Park uh, commemorations every year. There's a whole lots, lots and lots of ways this church, whether it's we're talking about uh, putting packs together through the work of... Uh, uh, Kevin and Anne and the, the packs they put together for people coming out of prison. And there's lots and lots of ways this church has served its local community. As we look at this, as I said, the one of the most controversial or complicated or weird bits of the New Testament, uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, I, I think we find that Jesus had got to a point where he was feeling a bit frustrated he had just had another interaction with the Pharisees and he knew his job was to come and fulfil the Old Testament. But the Pharisees weren't getting it and so he actually uh, says to them and he quotes Isaiah, these people honour me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. And so what he does is he takes the disciples and takes them into what the Bible calls Gentile territory, people who, a place where there aren't Jews. And it's almost like what he's doing is saying, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. And I need to take you uh, guys to a place where we can sit down and talk about what's coming. And I need to prepare you. And he takes them to a place called Tyre and... This is a place near Tyre and Sidon. And we've got in the... Just to say, in the app, if you're looking at the notes on the app, there's a map there. So you'll see where where that's happening and it's in a gentile territory and one of the first things that that comes is he's i think he's wanting to prepare the disciples for what's about to happen and a canaanite woman comes a gentile woman comes and he she cries out to him lord son of david have mercy on me my daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terrible, terribly. Jesus has just had an interaction with the teachers of the law and the Pharisees who knew their Bible better than this Canaanite woman. 
But she was the one who knew who he was. Lord, son of David. One of the things I've loved about this church is the way it's embraced people from all kinds of different backgrounds. And that our next door neighbour here, Glenn, he, he came here, he came to faith. We've got the, if there's a photo in the book of his baptism. Uh, he recently passed away and, it was, and he was a beautiful fella. But I love the way this church came around. And I love the way that Glenn responded to the gospel. One of the really nice things that's happening in Citywide at the moment, we've got lots of new people, well, lots. We've got, it feels like lots. Uh, it feels like there's numbers of new people coming to faith at the moment. And I was lovely sitting down with another guy this week and leading him to faith. And, and one of the things I think that this story shows us is sometimes people who are outside the church, people who haven't become inoculated and who don't know how to, you know, clap in, at the right places in Shine, Jesus, Shine, which we're going to sing later on. Uh, people who aren't... Sometimes people who are outside see Jesus more clearly than those of us who are inside, is one of the things I wonder. And I love that Lena Valley's always been a place for, the, for everybody to be welcome. When Lena Valley's been at its best... Now, as she yells out to Jesus, Jesus does something a little odd for Jesus, and that's nothing. He just stays silent. And the disciples say to him, oh, she's annoying. Can you get rid of her, please? I, I, it does, the Bible doesn't say what Jesus was doing. My guess is he's saying, God, I don't know what to do here. What, 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 how do I respond in this moment? So I'm not called to this woman. I'm not called. She's not part of, the, of my job that you've given me. My guess is he was quietly praying. The disciples weren't quiet. They were saying, she's noisy, let's get rid of her. And one of the, one of the interesting things I found, there's a book by a fellow by the name of Henry Nguyen that I found really helpful. And what he said is, often we resent the interruptions. But actually the interruptions are often the work. Often we resent the interruptions, but actually often the interruptions are the work. This is one of those occasions. Jesus, one of the, I reckon one of the most challenging things for Jesus would have been all the things he saw that he chose not to respond to. You imagine somebody who could heal any sickness, somebody who could speak truth in the face of any lie, how many people he saw who were broken and needed help. But what he reminds this lady is, I, I, was, I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. One of the challenges for all of us is, and they reckon particularly for this younger generation, they, like, they call them the option, options generation. We don't like to close off our options. But the challenge is, in order to say yes to anything, you have to say no to everything else. If you're not willing to say no, you can't say yes. And so Jesus is very clear. He has come 
to fulfill the promise of the Old Testament. So ultimately, people like this woman, this Canaanite woman, can find the healing and hope she's longing for. She's just wanting Easter to come a bit sooner. And so Jesus says, well, after, well, after she, he says, I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel, Jesus says, the woman comes and kneels before him and says, Lord, help me. He says, and this is where it gets a bit awkward. Like, this sounds really harsh. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. That's, it's, it's pretty awkward, isn't it? It's not a very comfortable thing to say. One of the things, a number of the Bible commentators I've read about this point out is one of the things I've learned from my relationship with Laurie Rouston. Um, and it is this, that email is not the best way to conduct a relationship. <laughs> One of the problems we have with the Bible is we only have the words. And if you've only got the words, you can't hear the tone of voice. You can't hear what's actually being communicated. And so it's quite possible that what Jesus is saying in this is much softer than it sounds. But it does sound pretty harsh. She responds... And this is where the NIV actually mistranslates this. Every, every other translation uh, gets it right, in my view, in the original Greek. The NIV actually has her directly disagreeing with Jesus. As he says, it's not right to give the, the children's food to the dogs. What the, the children there, he's talking about is Israel. He's saying again, I'm here for Israel. I've got to stay focused. I've got to say no to the rest of the world so that I, I can achieve at the cross what I've been sent here to do and I need to prepare these disciples of mine who don't yet get it for what's coming. And she, she turns it around and says, you know, the, the, and it's interesting, when Jesus uses the word dogs there, he actually uses the Greek, in the Greek, it's the little, the little dogs, like the, the pet dogs is kind of what he's saying. The, he uses the diminutive. But she doesn't, she doesn't actually, in the Greek, directly disagree with him. In the, in the New Living, she, this is a better translation, she says, that's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. And in the ESV, it says, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table there is no likelihood that a Canaanite single mother would directly countermand what a rabbi has said in, in that time uh, but it is a yes but she says yes you're right but surely there are crumbs from your table She knew Jesus was the only hope for her child and she would not give up. And what I find interesting is this Canaanite woman is the only person who Jesus says has great faith. Of all the people he meets in his life, this Canaanite woman is the only one who Jesus says has great faith. He says, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Only in the previ previous chapter, he had told Peter he had little faith. 
What I love about Lena Valley, when Lena Valley's been at its best, it's been a place of faith. What is faith, what is, she, what is, what is this about? In this context, I think what faith is, is seeing how things aren't are going wrong and bringing them to Jesus and saying, I need you to fix it. Not just saying, well, that's how things are. Letting yourself live in the tension and bring it to God and trust that God will do something about it. Just as Reverend Roberts Thompson saw that there was a need for a church. Just as the leadership of this church saw this church is going to need a, a full-time pastor if it's going to be able to move forward. Just as Paul Kerrison and John Smith saw this city needs a church that's bigger than a suburb. Just as the leadership of this church with, with Paul and John saw a Nepalese congregation. And how many Nepalese people were coming and saying, we need to welcome them, even if we don't fully understand everything. That's a step of faith. The Canaanite woman is a picture of who Lena Valley is at, at its best. She, she sees what needs to change and she brings it to God. I would have loved to have uh, had more time to unpack the feeding of the 4,000, but just to say there's two more things in that that I think uh, are typical of who Lena Valley is when it's at its best. One is you see Jesus cares about the practical needs of people. He, all these people come to him, he cares about their practical needs. And the other is that the disciples need a miracle in order to be generous. Sometimes, and the Apostle Paul says this, sometimes you don't feel you have what you need in order to be generous. The Apostle Paul says, trust God and he will always make sure you have enough in order to be generous. And this congregation has always been a generous congregation. Don't want to point it out too much, but as as we see the average giving between our different congregations, the Lena Valley congregation has always been a, a, a generous congregation. It was this congregation that actually paid off the debt of the Mornington congregation because of the generosity of the Strobacks. This congregation that welcomed the Nepalese here and, and gave us uh, the unique character that is now Citywide Baptist Church. I'm so grateful for all of those who have gone before us at Lena Valley and laid the foundation that is changing the culture of Hobart. I'm so grateful for the courage and the commitment of every member of Lena Valley Church over these 75 years. And I'm so grateful that like the Canaanite woman, they didn't give up. That 75 years later, the church is here and we don't fully understand where it's going in the future, at no point in its story could you have predicted what's going to happen next. But I'm so grateful that we get to look to Jesus to bring our needs to him and step forward together. Let's pray as the band comes. Jesus, thank you for the Canaanite woman. 
must have been an interesting moment for you as you, you knew how much the disciples weren't getting it and how much energy you needed to put into them. And then this woman comes and you, and you, and you stop and you ask your father, but then you see her heart and her faith. And for her, Easter comes early. Thank you for the, the new covenant we celebrated in your blood that means that all the Canaanite women in the world are invited now to come. Help us as we move forward. May this not be the end but just another chapter in Lena Valley's story as we seek not just to serve this, the community of Lena Valley but the whole city. Thank you for what you have been doing and please, Jesus, keep leading us forward. We ask this in your name. Amen.